Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello. I'm Sir Pollock and this is In the News from the Irish Times, where we take a close look at the stories that matter. Today, was Monday the right moment for England's Freedom Day? Welcome back, everyone! On Monday, England marked the end of almost all lockdown restrictions with the arrival of its Freedom Day. Everybody's People now no longer have to wear masks, nightclubs can reopen and large public events won't restrict numbers. But the timing seems strange. The latest data show a rapid rise in cases just as the last of the lockdown rules are about to be rolled back. England is experiencing a massive surge of coronavirus cases and has one of the highest infection rates in the world. On the eve of Freedom Day alone, more than 48,000 new cases were announced by Public Health England. I'm going to be self-isolating until the 26th of July, Monday, the 26th of July. Even Boris Johnson himself was forced to self-isolate at the weekend after being identified as a close contact of his health secretary, Sajid Javid, who tested positive for the virus despite being fully vaccinated. Under Johnson, England is going at it alone. There has been global condemnation of Freedom Day and last week, more than 1,200 leading doctors and scientists described it as a dangerous and unethical experiment. The combination of high prevalence and high levels of vaccination creates the conditions in which an immune escape variant is most likely to emerge. Meanwhile, in the rest of the UK, Northern Ireland, Scotland and Wales, they're keeping some restrictions in place. It seems clear that Johnson is taking a huge risk. But why? Dennis Staunton is our London editor. Dennis, can you talk me through exactly what happened in England on Monday? We know it was Freedom Day. So what does that mean exactly? What it means is that almost all legal restrictions regarding coronavirus were abolished. So that means that you were no longer legally required to do any social distancing. You could go back up and order at the bar. You don't have to keep one metre apart from anyone. You no longer are legally required to wear a face mask anywhere. So practically every legal restriction became, in some cases, guidance. In some cases, it just went away. So it meant, for example, that not only were pubs, restaurants, theatres and other venues allowed to open to full capacity but nightclubs also reopened and uh, so so that was uh, that was another big change what about you dennis how did you how did you mark this freedom day did you do the midnight countdown or did you head out for a stroll around the shops without a mask 
Well, on the Monday morning, actually, I was uh, heading through town and I went on the underground party to see uh, whether people would be wearing masks or not. And uh, Transport for London and the Mayor of London said they want to keep people wearing masks. And it turned out almost everybody was. But then I went to meet somebody for breakfast. And that was a different experience because walking around the cafe nobody was wearing a mask you didn't have to and so there was so so that kind of thing has uh, you know has changed right away and so then again in various other venues later on during the day you did see just uh, you know the most obvious visible thing is the fact that mask wearing in places where you know if you're going from the door of a restaurant to your table that just doesn't happen anymore do you feel like there was a sudden change on monday or does it kind of just feel the same as sunday and saturday before then it really, I think, was a, a big change because simply of the fact that, you know, things were not being uh, enforced by law. And because of that, there's been a mixed reaction to it. You've had some people feeling very happy about this. They were looking forward to it and they were looking forward to kind of getting back to what they thought was normal. But then various other people were nervous about it and uh, some nervous just because of the general uh, pandemic. But others who are perhaps vulnerable uh, feel that they felt more protected when everybody around them was wearing a mask. And now they feel that, in fact, they've got less freedom because they're going to be more anxious going into the supermarket than they were before. It's not freedom day for us. It's fear day. How can it be freedom for, for those of us who've been shielding if we have to go back to square one and become hermits again? We know that the Delta variant is rising across Europe right now and infection rates in the UK are now among the highest in the world. They're falling in just behind Indonesia and Brazil. And also on Monday, the US have increased the risk of travelling to the UK to its very highest level and warned Americans not to travel there due to the pervasiveness of Delta. So why is Britain pushing ahead with this opening up? Well, the calculation, and it's a calculation that's made by Boris Johnson's government, but supported by his advisors, both his chief medical officer, Chris Whitty, and chief scientific advisor, Patrick Valance. This calculation is that uh, you've got so many people vaccinated, about two thirds of the British population is fully vaccinated. And in the very vulnerable groups, age groups, the older groups, it's really almost 100%. So over 75 is basically 100%. So almost everybody in the people... Uh, in the groups of people most likely to be severely ill from COVID are actually vaccinated already. And so their calculation is that at some stage when you're going to come out of lockdown and when you get to almost complete vaccination, you're going to have what they call an exit wave of infections. And they think it's better to have that now. At a certain point, you move to the situation where instead of actually averting hospitalizations and deaths, uh, you move over to just delaying them. So you're not actually changing the number of people who will go to hospital or die, you may change uh, when they happen. Uh, and there is quite a strong view that, uh, that um, by many people, uh, including myself actually, that uh, going in the summer uh, has some advantages, all other things being equal, to opening up into the autumn when schools are going back uh, and we're he when we're heading into the winter period, uh, when uh, the NHS tends to be under greatest pressure for many other reasons. What they're saying is that even if you wait, it's going to happen in September, October. And at that stage, the pressure on the health service is greater. 
and the schools are back. And so that, you know, the idea would be that you actually have a kind of a, a surge of infections now. And so, for example, right now you've got maybe 50,000 infections a day. And that translates into about a thousand hospitalizations a day and maybe two or three dozen deaths a day. And so, uh, so while obviously those hospitalizations and deaths are bad news, it's nothing like the kind of level that you would have had when you had that level of infections, you know, earlier this year or last year. And so, uh, so, so that's their calculation. And although they expect that uh, case rates are going to go up, and obviously death rates and hospitalizations are going to go up, they still think that uh, it's better to do this now than to wait for a few weeks. I mean, it might be a reasonable plan, but a lot of people are opposing this move in England and internationally around the world. Why are the critics saying that this is such a bad idea? Boris Johnson's critics say the plan is reckless. Labour does not support the government's plan. Lifting all restrictions in one go is reckless. And doing so when the Johnson variant is clearly out of control risks a summer of chaos. They argue that one of the things we ought to have learned from this pandemic and that other countries around the world have learned is that you can't predict how it's going to go. So you can't make promises or predictions about case numbers or about whether the timing of the peak of a pandemic is going to come in August or in September or at any other time because the pandemic has shown that the virus tends to outwit most predictions. They also say there's a danger that if you allow the virus essentially to rip through the population and to spread at the rates it's spreading, that what you risk is creating vaccine-resistant variants and that that could uh, put not only the British population in danger but also people elsewhere in Europe and around the world. And then the further thing is that although uh, most uh, experts say that uh, young people tend not to suffer too greatly if they get uh, the infection itself... What is much less known about is so-called long COVID. And so the, this idea that uh, symptoms can persist for you know, beyond 12 weeks and maybe even longer than that, and people just don't know what the, uh, the long-term impact of that is. Coming up, are English people comfortable with their government's public health gamble? 45 Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Let's talk about Boris Johnson. What's he been saying and what's he been doing in the last few days? 
Well, Boris Johnson marked Freedom Day on Monday in self-isolation in uh, his country house in Chequers. At the weekend, the health secretary, Sajid Javid, who is fully vaccinated, discovered that he is positive for COVID. The Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, and Boris Johnson were both contacted by NHS Test and Trace and told they were close contacts of his. And in the normal course of events, they would have to self-isolate. But on uh, Sunday morning at eight o'clock, Downing Street put out a detailed statement saying that Downing Street was part of a pilot project, which meant that you didn't have to self-isolate because what you could do instead was to do daily coronavirus testing. And so they announced that that's what they were going to do. The press release was full of background information about exactly how the system worked. And then within two and a half hours, they U-turned and they said Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak, in fact, would not be doing this. They would be self-isolating like everybody else. So that's what they're doing. Boris Johnson had been talking up in the previous weeks the idea of this Big Bang Freedom Day, all your freedoms coming back. In the past couple of weeks, he started to become more cautious. And so, for example, uh, the whole business of removing the legal requirement to wear masks, it became clear that an awful lot of people, including an awful lot of scientific experts, thought that was a bad idea. You could open things up, but why not just keep that bit of protection for people. And so his message to the people on Freedom Day uh, or going into it was be very, very careful. And uh, when at one stage he was talking about to people about about how careful they should be. And he said, please, 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 please be careful. And uh, and so he was pleading uh, for caution. But at the same time, he was removing all these things. What he then did on Monday, he had a press conference on Monday, and he uh, and he warned people, having seen scenes of people in nightclubs the, you know, at midnight, uh, he warned young people that if they don't get vaccinated, uh, they're not going to be able to get into nightclubs from, um, from September onwards. Yeah, and I want to come back to that point about the nightclubs and the vaccine passports. But how are the general public responding to this mixed messaging coming from a place where Johnson was saying, this is going to be your day of freedom, you can do whatever you want to, as you've mentioned in the last few days, him repeatedly saying, oh, but we have to be careful, we have to be careful. The public is generally more cautious than the government and always has been. Uh, throughout the entire pandemic, the public has been generally in favour of tougher measures. And likewise now, if you look at the polling, the public is quite anxious about this. But having said that, a lot of Conservative supporters and particularly a lot of Conservative MPs have been pressing very hard for uh, these restrictions to be lifted. They're worried about the effect on business, the effect on the economy, and they're saying that you can't keep lockdown forever and that you know you have to just live with a, a certain level of risk. But the public, I think, is anxious and the, the, the business of the mixed messages, I think, is something that does worry people. Yes, and have you been pinged by the NHS app? If not, it's very plausible you know someone who has. the app. You mentioned the isolation rules in the UK. I've been reading that about a million people now are staying at home because they've had that ping on their phone about being a close contact. This must be causing absolute chaos across Britain. It is causing chaos. And there are a number of industries, for example, uh, some supermarket chains, including stores like Marks and Spencer, have warned that because of staff shortages, they're going to possibly have to reduce hours, close some shops. In the same way, you've had interruptions in transport because of a lack of staff. It has been hitting the NHS itself. Now, Boris Johnson announced on Monday that not only NHS workers, but also some work, workers working in other critical uh, services, that they will not 
have to self-isolate, that they will be able to do their um, their testing instead. But I think one of the curiosities of the system here is that there are two test and trace systems in a way. So what happens is that if, say, you test positive for coronavirus, the test and trace system asks you for your contacts, people you've met in the last number of days, and they then contact them directly. That's what happened with Boris Johnson. They called him. They said, you've been in contact with somebody. You have to self-isolate. And you are then legally required to self-isolate. But then you've got the app. And what the app does is it uses Bluetooth. It stores all the information on your phone. It's completely anonymous. And it's also voluntary. And what happens is that if you've been in within one and a half meters of somebody for more than 15 minutes, then your phone will ping. And they will say at 11.59 on Saturday night, you were in uh, close contact with somebody who was tested positive. They don't know their name. They don't know your name. They don't know where you are. And in fact, you don't actually have to legally follow their advice. A lot of people have deleted this app. And, uh, you know, a lot of people delete it as soon as they're pinged. But on the other hand, a lot of people don't understand it. And so I was speaking to a number of people, both in Westminster and others, who have been pinged twice in the last, say, two or three weeks. And having just emerged out of 10 days of self-isolation, they get pinged again. And they didn't actually know that the thing is voluntary. And so, uh, so I think that, you know, that's one of the things that's creating the problem is that the government advice now is to say, well, this is a guide to help you make an informed choice. But they weren't really saying that in the last few weeks. They were basically telling the people this was an important tool. And it is an important tool because according to the government, this test and trace app has saved 8,000 lives. And so one of the problems that the government has is that while uh, the app and the pinging is causing this disruption to the economy, at the same time, it is actually probably slowing down the pace of infections because oh, it's a kind of a light lockdown. And the more people you have self-isolating, the less likely they are to go on infecting other people. The bottom line is that the infections are high at the moment. But how is that translating into deaths and ICU numbers? How are hospitals coping in the UK? The hospitals are coping quite well. So at the moment, the hospitalizations are running at, uh, say, a thousand a day. The deaths have been sort of anywhere between kind of 17, say, and 36 or 37 a day. And so these are not uh, insignificant numbers, but they are relatively statistically insignificant when you look at the uh, the, the number of, uh, of infections. What you're also finding is that because a lot of the people who are becoming infected with uh, COVID-19 are already double vaccinated, that the kind of illness they're getting is less severe. And so even the people who go into hospital are likely to stay there for a shorter period than before. So people are either younger and unvaccinated or else they are already double vaccinated, in which case, in both cases, the uh, the kind of illness is likely to be less severe. And a lot of these young people who are getting sick, of course, would be catching the virus when they're out with friends. And some of them, as we've mentioned, would be going to nightclubs. Boris Johnson has mentioned that he's going to introduce a vaccine passport for nightclubs. What has been the reaction to that? Well, the reaction among conservative libertarians who are very well represented on the back benches of the Conservative Party is horror because the government promised repeatedly that it was not going to do this. Uh, one of the, uh, the sort of mantras of the Conservative Party is we are not, Britain is not a papers please kind of country. And so you're not going to be asked for, to show your papers going into a pub or going into a club. And what they see now is that this is probably the thin end of the wedge. What Boris Johnson obviously calculated was that, uh, you know, looking at these scenes, which are quite clearly 
potential super spreader event of people, uh, nobody wearing a mask, nobody asked for any kind of identification or even to use the test and trace app on their way in the door because they don't have to, that these are potential super spreader events and that actually it really risks sending the infections to a rate that the government can't control and that the health service might not be able to cope with. So he's essentially to encourage people to get their vaccines, said, if you don't get this vaccine passport, uh, you're not going to be allowed into um, to, to nightclubs from September, and that would be the law. His other problem and the other reason he was doing it is because the uptake on vaccines among young people is much, much lower than it is among older groups. So although everybody over 18 has been offered their first jab, 35% of the 18 to 30s have not taken it up. And so this, again, is a kind of an incentive uh, to to try to do this. But the danger, as far as the current conservative libertarians is, uh, are concerned, is that this vaccine passport is going to become necessary uh, for all kinds of domestic uh, purposes. So it won't just be getting into the uh, nightclub, it'll be going to the pub, to the restaurant, and maybe even workplaces. So that could actually affect people's uh, liberties. So on Monday, on Freedom Day, Boris Johnson gave a press conference and he said that the pandemic was far from over. He admitted that. But he also said that maintaining restrictions would simply delay the inevitable. And he said there comes a point when these restrictions no longer prevent hospitalizations and deaths. And so we have to ask ourselves the question, if not now, when? So Dennis, what's the best case scenario for Boris Johnson and his government in the next few weeks? And also, what would it look like if things go wrong? What they're hoping is that the peak of infections will be reached maybe in late August, that infections will start to go down by the time kids go back to school, for example. But the projections go anywhere from, I mean, I think almost everybody thinks that they'll go above 100,000 cases a day. Some say it could go above 200,000 cases a day. Now, if it goes above 200,000 cases a day, then you're talking about, say, somewhere between 250 and 400 deaths a day. And that starts to become a really substantial, newsworthy number. And it's also a number that, uh, you know, where people are going to start knowing people who are getting sick, going into hospital and dying. And that's, I think, where, uh, you know, where the risk is involved for the government. And then there's a second risk, which is that if you have uh, all these infections rising and all the problems that I've just described, and yet you also have this pingdemic, as they call it, of people being pinged and staying at home so that the economic recovery that this is supposed to facilitate is also not happening because of the disruption, because of staff Is this a political risk for Johnson? There have been many times throughout this pandemic where there's been a feeling this was the wrong thing for Boris Johnson to do, but yet he continues in power. Is his popularity so strong that he just doesn't need to worry? Well, He he certainly is popular, uh, and particularly among older voters, he's very popular, and the Conservatives are comfortably ahead of Labour in the opinion polls. But if you look at the last time, uh, which was last year in the autumn, when Labour and uh, Conservatives were were neck and neck, so Labour had recovered and the Conservatives had gone down, there were two factors that were present. One was Boris Johnson delaying the lockdown, delaying going into the autumn lockdown and appearing to act too late and to act perhaps recklessly uh, in terms of dealing with the pandemic. And that's obviously present now. And the other thing that was present was there was this legacy of Dominic Cummings's visit to Barnard Castle and this sense there was one rule for them and one for everybody else. 
and a number of incidents over the last while, including uh, Boris Johnson's attempt to dodge self-isolation, have given the impression that maybe you're in that situation again where people think they can get away with things that we, the rest of us, can't. And so I think it is a moment of danger for Boris Johnson. And the danger to Boris Johnson always comes not from the opposition, but from his own MPs. They put him there not because they liked him, not even because they thought he was very good as a, a, as a, a potential prime minister, but they put him there because they thought he would win elections for them. As soon as it appears that he's not an election winner, he's going to find very little loyalty on his backbenches. What about... English people, are they happy with the direction that they're headed or are they hearing these warnings coming from outside the UK, from scientists, from political leaders saying that their full reopening is taking place too early? What are they thinking on the ground? I think there's mixed feelings, because if you go back to the beginning of the pandemic, that was exactly what was happening, that you know, Britain was an outlier. And other countries were saying, uh, you know, you're moving too slowly, you're being too libertarian in your approach to this, and uh, you're making mistakes. And so Britain's case rates and death rates outstripped the rest of Europe. But then you had the vaccine rollout where Britain was faster than uh, the rest of Europe. Most people in Britain thought that that actually was a very good thing. They certainly felt as if Britain had done very well, partly the fact that the AstraZeneca vaccine was developed at Oxford University, and then just the speed of the vaccine rollout. And a lot of people felt they wouldn't have been able to do it so fast if they were within the European Union. That's questionable, but that's what they think. I think now those doubts that you had at the beginning of the pandemic are starting to creep back again. Is this some crazy big experiment? And are we, the people, the guinea pigs? That, I think, uh, is something that people are going to ask. Where it's going to become particularly difficult is if you suddenly have restrictions on travelling abroad. If, for example, the case numbers uh, rise so high here in Britain that countries which are currently allowing double vaccinated people from Britain to go in, which is like most European countries, if they suddenly change their minds and they introduce these strict restrictions. So I think the point is that if this gamble pays off, British people will feel fine about it. But if it doesn't, then uh, they are going to feel as if their government has been governing them badly. Dennis, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. That's all for today. You can read more by Dennis Staunton on England's exit wave and its end to COVID-19 restrictions on irishtimes.com. In the news, we'll be back on Friday. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 